Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home News Radio 840 WHAS Good Sunday morning, Bob Sikulder The Louisville Real Estate Show Here with you until the top of the hour With us this half hour Randy Rocky with Swan Financial You can reach Randy at 645-0736 In fact, you can hear the wind coming from his vent in his car. I'm going to mute you for a second. Also here, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. And you can reach out to Chuck at 499-6360. I'm Bob Sekoler. And of course, always here for you to help you uh, list and sell your home or with my agents to help you find a home. You can reach out to me anytime at 376-5483. Chuck, we start with uh, a question for you and a serious question. And I and I, I I'm scared with this one because it could happen to anybody. Kathy writes in: My husband has been hospitalized with dementia, and he will mm-hmm. not be coming home. She says the doctors tell me he does not have the capacity to handle legal matters, including health proxy and I guess selling for homes. So, what are her options to sell their family home as of right now? Okay. First off, um, that's a horrible scenario. Uh, yeah, yeah. I you know you haven't lived through it. You just can't understand the pain. Uh, but with the situation that we have, I'm presuming from your question that the two of them own the house together right. uh, and that there is no power of attorney. If there is no power of attorney, then what you have to do is to uh, get an adjudication, go to court, get him declared incompetent. That's a it could be about a three-month process. Um, you have to get them, uh, you know, get the doctors in. There's a little trial that's held. But uh, between two and three months is the amount of time that takes. So that's the first step. You get them declared incompetent uh, and then uh, be appointed guardian. Uh, and then once you're appointed guardian, you have to petition the court to sell the real estate or mortgage the real estate or something like that. That what we call a 389A action. That's the statute that, that uh, uh, sets that up. Um, that process also takes between two and three months. Now you can usually get a court date pretty quickly, uh, but you have to notify everybody involved. But if it's just the two of them, you can get that court date pretty quickly. And then once the judge signs the order and the clerk enters the order, at least 30 days from the date that order is entered, uh, you have to wait before you can sell the property or do the mortgage or anything like that. So, so back up. So the 30 days, but that you could sell it, but it can't close. Am I right uh, about that? Or is that no? On the contract, you're going to want to put down that it's subject to court approval. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you don't put that down you could be in a bit of of trouble because even though the judge signs it and the clerk enters it and it's the date the clerk enters it it doesn't that's not always an you know uh a simultaneous action okay it's 30 days from them and that 30 days represents an appeals period so that if somebody were to come in let's say a son's involved and says no mom you you shouldn't ought to do that that's wrong yada 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 uh and they have some legal basis uh then they could file that appeal and if they file that appeal then that order could be turned over uh so just yep. always make tracks subject to court approval Aren't usually the trouble with it at all from start to finish you're probably looking between four and six months uh to get that done. so this so, is th- this is such an important question so chuck 
for Kathy, for anybody else who's listening to us right now, because we all have loved ones, whether it's a spouse or parents, what should we be doing to prepare for that eventual day? Yeah, good. Durable power of attorney and a healthcare surrogate. Um, a will, things depending on on uh, your in you know how much you have, how many things you need to disperse, what you own individually as opposed to jointly. A will is helpful, but that takes care of stuff after you're dead. The big thing that I see uh, is while you're still alive and you fall into this really sad and tragic situation. Durable power of attorney lets you do anything uh, for the the uh, principal that they could do for themselves. The healthcare surrogate lets you talk to the doctor and make medical decisions uh, for them. So that's that's really the, the thing that they need most during their life. Problem is, when you know you need it, it's too late to get it. Yeah. So you have to do that ahead of time. And it's an easy process. Uh, shoot, somebody calls me up, uh, wants to do this. I could have a power of attorney and a healthcare surrogate put together in probably 10 minutes. I mean, it's not a difficult thing to do. Not so easy is broaching the subject with your loved one or spouse. People don't like to acknowledge their mortality. But then again, a responsible person will think, Hey, if this happens to me, it's not just Alzheimer's. It's not just dementia. What if you get in a car wreck? What if you slip outside and whack your head on the on the ground? Yeah, uh, there's there's all manner of things. Being responsible uh, means dealing with the the hard topics. Um, yeah, and you know, if you have questions, and honestly, I have had people that come in here, and one spouse wants to do it, and the other, you know, just doesn't. Uh, for whatever reason, sometimes, you know, they don't trust the other spouse that right. happens. Yeah. Uh, but that's fairly rare. And that would suggest another issue is at hand. Yeah. Uh, uh, some people just don't like to acknowledge their mortality. So it just happens here. Here's well, one final point on this folks, and we'll move on. I promise. And I'm, I'm giving you this, this is the out for you. If you're concerned about how do you approach your loved ones or your parents? Here's what you say. Hey, listen, I was listening to this radio show Sunday morning and Bob, you can, you don't even have to use my name, was talking about the need for us to have a plan that opens the door. Now you can feel out how your loved one or parents feel about this. And, and, and just in case you want to see this, just so you know, you can um, see a replay of this louisvilleanswers.com. So you'll have this, you can even show this to them, but you can listen to it yourself, take notes, because you maybe you're in the car on the way to church, wherever. So louisvilleanswers.com, and this will help you. And we'll give you Chuck's phone number uh, at the end of this segment to uh, reach out to him as well for more information. This is, it is a serious subject. It is important that we approach it now before something happens down the road where it becomes morbid to to get into it and be able to to reach out all right good good answer chuck thanks let's move over now to uh, randy thanks for holding on there randy rachel writes in she sent this question specifically for you she says uh-huh. with the hike in short-term interest rates apparently she's watching uh, the reports uh, and current mortgage rates that actually came down this yeah. past week uh and the week before so that there's good fluctuates but yeah it came down a little bit um, she is wondering, taking out a home equity line of credit, would that mm-hmm. be a smart way to pay off credit card debt? Yes, to answer your question. Now, uh, it, it depends what her first mortgage is. Sometimes we would just want to do a cash out refinance and 
find out what her rate is on her first mortgage uh, rates, NMLS number 2473263362. Uh, they get into, uh, they're in the high fours now again for a 30-year fixed uh, uh, APR. Uh, 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 well, I don't have to do an APR. I'm sorry, Bob, on that. Yeah. And yeah. then on a uh, 5-1 arm, uh, their uh, adjustable rate mortgage is 4%. So there, there's all kinds of ways to get through that and do a cash-out refinance. Uh, uh, possibly, or do a home equity line of credit, which will be a little bit higher interest rate now because prime is at 5.5%. And usually you're going to be at prime or uh, half a point above that. So they'll be uh, at an interest rate of 6%, and they're probably paying on their credit cards around 18%. So, yes, it's a significant savings. Got it. Sounds good. Hopefully that answered the the question for Rachel. Go back over to... um, to Chuck, and I, I was considering this one just came in off of email. I was considering not reading it, but I got to. But I don't want to get into a um, continual um, pattern here. But Paige has an unfortunate problem. She sent an email saying that her dad died, left her with the house, but there's no will, and the house is full of furniture and other things because uh, he was a pack rat. And she's wondering, does she have to pay property taxes? Can she remove the items from the house? and sell the house with no will. So we talked about that a little bit. This is a little bit different take. I don't want to get on the theme, but obviously this is important to a lot of people. So what should Paige do at this point, Chuck? Okay, well, there's a couple things to keep in mind. Real estate can transfer inside and outside of probate, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the problem that comes in is, is whether or not there's taxes involved. Now, keep in mind, the property can transfer by will, okay? Yeah. Uh, it can also transfer uh, by... Uh, the intestate statutes. Uh, that is to say, um, me and my wife own a piece of property. I don't have a will. I die. It goes to our heirs as the statute indicates. It's not like you see on those late night uh, infomercials. Oh, the state's going to take all your stuff. Uh, no, I mean, it goes to your children. If not your children, then, you know, it, it's got a whole flow chart. Uh, so you can uh, then have an affidavit of dissent put together that indicates where you fall in that chain uh, or that flow chart. And usually the kids are going to be just fine. If it was dad, he wasn't married. They had you know other kids living or dead, uh, then it would go to her automatically. Um, but selling it becomes an issue without an estate being opened. There's a two year claims period for people to come back and say, "Hey, he owed us money. Mm. We want to get out of his stuff." So in a case like that, whether you have a will or not, you can still open probate. Okay. Um, no problem with that at all. And once probate's open, well, then you can sell the house house you pay the money into the estate the estate holds on to it for the appropriate period which is six months uh and then everything's cool there's so, no you say that again there's no what there's no real issues no real issues the uh, the one thing that i have seen and have helped and just make note folks uh especially page is that you mentioned your dad was a pack rat and there's a lot of things in the house and i know that can be overwhelming and so we have a variety of vendors that we can help you with in terms of getting uh, help to help clean out your house or any of the clients, uh, people who are listening now. If you want, give me a buzz on uh, my cell phone and I'll be more than happy to get you the names of these people. This goes for you, uh, Paige, and anybody else. 376 5483. 
Uh, 3765483 is my direct number. Back to you, Mr. Rocky over at Swan Financial. Anthony is watching a lot of CNBC stories, apparently, about the economy. Mm-hmm. And he's wondering if anybody is willing to predict whether we're going to have a U or V-shaped recovery. This goes back a number of years. They're talking U or V. So the U, it's a gentle ease into a recession and a gentle ease out of the recession. Mm-hmm. A V is a sharp in, sharp out. And so Anthony is wondering what we're going through. Has it been declared a recession? From your standpoint at this moment, Randy, it hasn't been officially declared a recession, but there are a lot of people talking about it, right? Well, I mean, uh, the, the GDP is down two, two consecutive uh, quarters. So, yes, we are in a recession. Um, uh, some people are trying to define that as a recession different now. So uh, we are definitely in a recession. I think I think it's going to be a long road. Uh, I think we got a, a tough road ahead of us. Uh, I believe this stat, 52% of all the people in, in the U.S., 18 and above, cannot come up with $400 right now. And uh, 72% cannot come up with $800, 18 and above. And that's, you know, it's really a, hmm. it's a scary number. Um so uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a long, tough road for our, uh, for us, unfortunately. I would tell you that I, I was watching CNBC myself, and they're talking about it's a 9% uh, appreciation or um, uh, inflation at this point, and they want the government wants to get back to a 2%. So it could be a, a while before we see um, anything uh, change from that perspective. But hopefully, that Anthony, that gave you Randy's intake. I, I, I don't have enough knowledge about knowing what the heck the market will do. Terry is, uh, for you, uh, Chuck, uh, is moving out of state for his job and sold his house. He's unable to come back for the closing and has heard some areas of the country are doing remote e-signings and Zoom meetings at the signings at the closing table so he wouldn't have to come back into Louisville to sign the paperwork. He's wondering, has that started happening here in the Louisville area yet? There's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. So the quick answer is, yeah, yeah, it's doable. Uh, The real answer is there's so many hoops to jump through Mm. that it's actually pretty, pretty simple just to go another route. Uh, I mean, got somebody down in Houston. I've uh, got a phone number I can call and have a person sitting at his door with uh, an appropriate E&O policy and, and a uh, notary uh, commission uh, that will get him, you know, run through the whole process and get the stuff overnighted back to us. Whole lot easier than getting the approval from title insurance companies and from lenders to do an e-signing. Uh, so while a one is possible. It's just not as practical yet. Yet. Got it. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of your questions. Our thanks for the folks who are here and are staying with us till the top of the hour. Randy Walkie, Swan Financial, 645-0736. And Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. If you're looking to think about uh, selling just or buying, you can reach out to me anytime. Three seven six five four eight three. We are back in a moment on News Radio eight forty WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. 
If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sokola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour. Continuing with us, Chuck Crosby of the Crosby Law Offices, 4996360, and Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 6450736. My thanks to uh, Barbara Corcoran for her endorsement of us. We're going up to see her at the end of this month to say hi and shoot some more commercials. Greg and I, Greg's off today. And you can reach me uh, to help you just to formulate a plan either this year, next year, or beyond 376-5483 is the direct number 376-5483. All right, Randy, Leanne writes in, she's planning on purchasing a condo, and we've talked about this in the past, but on hold right now because of the lender. She says the condo that she wants to buy has a balcony problem, and we've heard this before, and uh, she's heard us talk about it in the building based on the collapse, she believes, in the Florida of the condo building. That's why everyone is so skittish now about selling uh, and buying in a condo. So wondering, she right. says, have you got any more updates on the inspection process? Well, uh, it, yeah. it has to be right. It has to be clear. Uh, you know, so a uh, great question. And, and yes, uh, the condo process is they have to make uh, they have to come out the inspectors and say, hey, this is safe and sound and uh, in all areas. Uh, sometimes they do a full inspection, sometimes they don't. But in this situation, obviously, it's a balcony situation and that all balconies are, are safe to walk on. Uh, um, so, uh, yes, they would have to do that before a lender would uh, loan to them. So are you seeing this across the board with all condos or only specific complexes? It's specific Complexes, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of of uh, condo associations are doing 
inspections to be on the safe side. Um, I'm not seeing where it's a lender requirement where you have to do it at this point, uh, which kind of surprises me to be quite blunt with you. But, uh, yeah. uh, but at this point, they have not done that. I did a little more research into this in the past couple of weeks. And one of the concerns is uh, by the lender that's involved, at least in one of these deals, is that if there's an assessment to make repairs of all uh-huh. the units in the condo balconies, that that assessment could impact the value of the condos and the ability of the tenants who are people who are living there to pay for that assessment. So I think that's one of the key aspects of why uh, everyone is so leery about this condo staying on a condo theme, but moving a little bit uh, over to Chuck Leo moved into a condo development here in the Louisville area. He sent us this email says, apparently the condo association has a regulation that they require residents to have parking passes and they need to be displayed somewhere in the windshield area at all times. I know Chuck, you're in a condo. Do you have that requirement for the parking? Well, we're what they call townhouses. It's just in Kentucky. They don't recognize, you know, the difference between a condo and et cetera. Um, We don't know our, Uh if you were to drive into our neighborhood, you you wouldn't really know we were condos. Uh, But uh, yeah, if you're talking about the three story taller, I actually, I know several that, that do that. Yeah. Well, Leo says it wasn't made clear to him about the regulation when he bought the condo and yet the condo association charged him for violating a regulation or that regulation and charged a fee without notifying him that there was a policy and that also he needs the parking passes. So he's wondering what recourse does he really have? I don't know that there is a whole lot of recourse there. Um, not knowing, uh, what is it they say? Ignorance is no excuse uh, for yeah. the law. Um uh, you know, he may not have meant to be in violation, but if he is, uh, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Now, the uh, issue is, did they do it properly? Uh, if this is the first he's hearing about it, is at the monetary stage, well, usually condo docs will have a, a sort of an appeals process. You you get notified. You're told you have X number of days to, you know, come into compliance. And then, you know, you can you can appeal that argument. It's not just, a, oh, hey, we're the cops. We're slapping a fine on you. Now, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but uh, usually it's not. So you might look a little deeper into that to see what exactly is going on. Uh, I think there's a, a piece of the puzzle puzzle missing here just for knowledge for for everybody at a closing is that when you discuss whether there's a parking policy or when when does that actually should come into play it would it would seem to me that that's something you'd ask well before that i mean you don't want to buy a an investment property in a condo unit without finding out if you're allowed to you know rent it Mm -hmm. i mean that's all kind of due diligence ahead of times to see the uh the bylaws and the regulations and and whatnot um, you know, that's just kind of, uh, something you'd take care of ahead of time. Yeah. I, I don't remember seeing any paperwork regarding parking policies, but I believe it would have to be in the condo CCRs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be where they explain. And we have a lot of condos listed and sell them all the time. And I will tell you, buyer agents, good buyer agents will ask for a copy of the CCRs well yeah, in advance. Right. To, to make sure they, in fact, sometimes the contract is dependent on the review and approval of the buyer of Not those CCRs. Bad. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dealing with rental property. If you're buying yeah. a con, 
rental property, uh, you really ought to make sure you're allowed to rent it. Yes. I, in fact, I just had calls and conversations about that, about one of our condos this past week. So you are right on target, Mr. Crosby. Regularly. Yep. Uh, Randy, Bonnie, thinking about buying a new home, she's worried because her friend Candy went through the buying process and was then told by the bank's appraiser that the appraiser would not approve her loan. She's wondering how does that all work? So mm -hmm. I think she's getting the concept a little askew here. You want to right. explain what we think this is, what's happening here? Yeah, so there might be a railing issue or shingle issue, or there might be holes in the drywall. That's probably uh, that's more than likely the reason why that she did not get an approval. Yeah, and, and the other thing I was thinking that could be she's thinking or confusing that a uh, an appraiser may say the value of the contract is more than the the value of the actual condo, in which case they won't allow mm -hmm. the deal to go through because the bank is not going to loan over what the appraiser thinks the value of that condo is, unless the buyer comes yes. up with cash, right? So that could be the other right. other thing that's uh, going on there, Bonnie. But I listen, mm -hmm. this is still a great time. We're seeing over the next, let's see, next four years up until I just did a report, 2026. Uh, we're still seeing homes appreciate in value, maybe not at the 8, 10, or 12% plus that we've seen in the past year or so, but we're still mm -hmm. seeing appreciation of 3 and 4% over the next number of years. So even if you get in now, you're still going to see appreciation. So don't be scared about the marketplace because the market tends to uh, scare some people off. You just have to know the facts, and that's what I deal in is in facts. Back over to Chuck. Mm -hmm. Lillian owns an apartment complex, is asking us in an email to advise how she should handle the following problem. Apparently, a tenant left in the middle of the night owing Lillian for eight months back rent. William was able to track down, I'm not sure who William is, track down the tenant, but the guy is yelling at Lillian for asking for his money back, saying he has no money left and he's disabled. The worst part about this is the tenant is actually Lillian's son, so that's creating a whole new level of problems. Boy, that's tough. She, she rented a unit to her son, the son? Wow. A number of family evictions. So, yeah, it, it's never happy. And Thanksgiving next year is not going to be as pleasant as it, as it could no. otherwise be. But if he left in the middle of the night and yeah. he has things there, clothes, chairs, you know, equipment, whatever, even if he doesn't want them any longer, he still has possession of the unit. Possession is what's important, not actual, you know, being there. Uh, so they still have to go and evict him. So she just can't clean it out willy-nilly nope. and then re-rent the unit. No. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Put it that way. Uh, let's say that uh, there was to be a chair there, and, and let's just take the son out of the equation uh, because your relationship to the tenant is irrelevant. Uh, she goes and she takes that chair, throws it in the garbage dumpster, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all of a sudden, I guarantee that chair just became a family heirloom that's worth tons of money. Mm. Uh, they're going to want that money.
week back. Uh, just because they left, uh, they still have possession. So you go through, you do eviction, and then you follow the procedure. Otherwise, you're liable for being sued. Plus, what if you go and, and you release it to someone and he comes back? I was yeah. just on, he says. Uh, yeah, as long as you have possession, you have to use the court to to take away that possession. Anytime you deal with family members when yeah, you're renting or loaning a home, right? But I would also tell you folks to take note, whenever you deal with a family member and you're buying or selling a house, the same problems can occur where you get into an argument with a family member over something that's a business transaction and that destroys the family dynamics for months, if not years. So I'm yeah. a big fan of just telling everybody, um, if you're thinking of buying or selling or renting, consult uh, with uh, a, a, an attorney like Chuck or talk to a real estate agent. Find out what your options are before you go into um, an agreement with a family member, because ultimately down the road, it can come back to bite you. And you don't want that happening. You really don't. Uh, quickly, uh, five ways uh, to help you sell your home now if you uh, if you want, if you're thinking about it. We can do it for you. And we have a, uh, a free consultation, no obligation. All you need to do is uh, go to bobsellmyhome.com or uh, call me, 376-5483. My thanks to Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 6450736 over at Swan. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Incidentally, we, we talk about this every once in a while, maybe not enough, that in addition to getting your loan closed chuck does a variety of other things including some of the things that we we're talking about today in terms of wills and and the like so you might want to give him a buzz and at least talk it over with him about what needs to be done at uh, again 499-6360 we're out of time you can reach me at 376-5483 we'll see you next sunday on news radio 840 whas